Genesis 40, chapter 1. Sometime later, and we're continuing talking about vision. Sometime later, Pharaoh's chief cupbearer, we'll call him a butler, and chief baker offended their master. And Pharaoh became angry with these two officials, and he put them in prison where Joseph was. And in the prison of the captain of the guard, they remained in prison for quite some time, and the captain of the guard assigned them to Joseph, who looked after them. And while they're in prison, Pharaoh's cupbearer or butler and, and baker each had a dream one night, and each dream had its own meaning. And when Pharaoh saw them the next morning, he noticed that they both looked upset. Why do you look so worried today, he asked them. And they replied, we both had dreams last night, but no one can tell us what they mean. Interpreting dreams is God's business, Joseph replied. He said, go ahead and tell me your dreams. This morning, as we talk in this series about our vision, about our dream, I want to talk to you about this thought today that God wants us to help other people to understand and achieve their own dreams, okay? We're not just in this thing by ourselves. okay? We're not just, it, it, it's, it's, some people say it's a dog-eat-dog -dog world and we're trying to push everybody down so we can climb over the top of them. No, God wants us to help other people to take their dream and to understand it and also to achieve it. Now, in this series, we've been talking about Joseph in the book of, of, of Genesis. Joseph, you will find that we've talked, was highly favored by his father Jacob. His brothers were very jealous of him. He was only 17 years old, and God gave Joseph a dream. And in the dream, he saw his family bowing down before him. He did not fully understand the dream. He told it to his brothers, and his brothers became more jealous. His brothers became more angry, and they decided to kill Joseph. And whenever his brothers had the opportunity, they captured him, they threw him into a pit, and then they plotted his fate. And they said, hey, we'll just kill him. And then all of a sudden they looked up, they see a group of Ishmaelite uh, uh, traders, and they said, we'll just say, sell him to those guys, and they're going down to Egypt. Until they took their brother and they sold him, if you will, to some human, human traffickers. And Joseph was led down there to Egypt, and he was sold to a rich man by the name of Potiphar. But God continued in the midst of all of it, in the midst of a struggle with his brothers, in the midst of being thrown into a pit, in the midst of being sold into slavery, that God can favor to Joseph. And Joseph was a wise and faithful steward. And even though he was a slave, his owner Potiphar put Joseph in charge of all of his possessions. We talked a couple weeks ago that Joseph caught the attention of Potiphar's wife. She tried to seduce him. She tried to throw everything that she could at him. But, but Joseph, he, 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 uh, he fought off her advances. He fought off her, her, her uh, 
proposition that she made unto him. This insulted Potiphar's wife. She went to her husband. She accused Joseph of attempted rape. And Potiphar, her husband, was so furious that he threw Joseph into prison. And so that's where we are today. Joseph is now in prison. Okay, And I want you to get this. you got to understand this. A lot of times we read this story, we don't understand the timeline, okay? When this story happens in Genesis chapter 40, Joseph has been in captivity against his will for 11 years, okay? That's a long time. There's a lot of us, we want our problems to end in a day or 24 hours, 48 hours, or a week. It had been 11 years He had been held against his will. For 11 years, he had had this dream that God had given everything. All hell had broke loose against him. But he did not quit on the dream that God gave him. Listen, if you're truly called of God, you won't quit on your calling. I had someone that told me a few years ago, they they said, we feel like God is calling us to a street ministry. I said, praise God, if God's calling you to street ministry, that's incredible. And we're going to try to go out and get other people to help us in the street ministry. Sounds pretty good to me. They said, what do you think about it? At that time, I was working as one of the pastors at Solid Rock Family Church in Jeff City. I said, sounds pretty good to me. Sounds pretty like a pretty good plan. I said, I got one question for you. What are you going to do when no one else goes on the street and no one shows up? What are you going to do then? They said, well, we never thought about that. Listen, if you're really called and God has called you to do a street ministry or to plant a church, you're going to go whether anyone's there or not, okay? You're going to go and do, you're not going to forget about the call. Joseph did not forget about the call. Joseph did not give up on the dream. Don't give up on your dream. Don't give up on what God has put in your heart. Don't give up on your purpose today. But we've got to take that dream and we've got to guard it. Many times the devil will come like Potiphar's wife. He will try to seduce you. He will try to tempt you. He'll throw everything he can. You've got to keep yourself free from the effects of sin and temptation and then continue to pour yourself into the vision that God has put into your heart. Make a note of this. And this is really the first point that I want to make today. That vision comes to pass through determination, through wisdom, and understanding. Okay? And I might have talked a little bit about this a couple weeks ago. Vision comes to pass through determination, through wisdom, through understanding. What does that mean? It comes to pass through hard work. Okay? It's not going to be easy. We've got this foolish idea today that we're going to dream something up and then it is going to magically appear. Before us, but that is not what happens. But rather, we got to be faithful to the vision. We've got two great problems, and we got a lot of problems in America today. But one, a couple of the problems we got is we got we we have this urge to complain and feel sorry for ourselves. We sit and do nothing because we're complaining about what someone else has got. We're complaining because our life is so miserable. Listen, this is a time to get up and stop complaining and just do what we can do. 
And that's what Joseph did, that in spite of where he was, whether he was a slave in Potiphar's house, he did not lead some kind of a protest. No, he did what he was required to do. He was faithful to the assignment that God had given in his life. And God continued to be faithful unto him for many years. He, he's in prison. But in prison, he was faithful to the task. He was faithful to the dream. And he was in complete fellowship with God. And I believe in prison that he continued every single day that he reminded himself of the vision. Okay? Point number two. In your darkest hour, you got to hold on to your vision. You see, sometimes we get fed up. Sometimes we get tired. But you've got to... You've got to hold on to the vision and remind yourself that Joseph in his darkest hour, in the 11th year, he continued to remember what God put into his heart and he reminded himself of that even though he had been in prison for 28 years or for, for 11 years. I want you to think about this, okay? Joseph left his family the land of Canaan, he left his family when he was 17 years old, okay? And he was a boy. He wakes up, now he's 28 years old, been in prison for 11 years. He is now a man. He's still got the same problems. He cannot go home. He cannot leave. He is confined. But Joseph held on to the vision. Joseph continued to be faithful to God, Joseph continued to be faithful to the dream. He had his own problems. Here he is. He's in prison after 11 years. We're going to get to this scripture here in Genesis chapter 40. He's been confined for 11 years, unable to go home for 11 years. And when he's in prison, he has reached so, such favor with the guards that even though he is a prisoner, that he is placed as like a trustee. He is over several of the prisoners. And a couple of the fellows that he is over is the butler and the baker. And one day he notices uh, that these guys look a little bit sad. He noticed that these guys look like they've got some disappointments. He asked them the question. He said, what is going on in your life? And they said, listen, we just had a dream. And both of us had dreams. And we cannot understand the dream. And even though it, Joseph had problems... He was not sitting in prison feeling angry. He was not sitting in prison thinking about getting even with his brothers. No, he held on to the dream and he had time to listen to the butler and the baker. All right? Point three is this. The catalyst for achieving your dream might be in helping someone else understand and achieve their dream. Okay, let me say that again so you understand it. The catalyst for achieving your dream can be in helping someone else understand and achieve their dream. Okay? There are things that are there at play. There are things that are that are at work. At this moment in Joseph's life, it was appointed by God. It was a defining moment. Defining moment. I was thinking about that a minute ago when I was standing over here. You know, you get these sermon ideas and these sermon series. And these things just pop into your mind. They don't just pop in there, but the Holy Spirit puts them in there, okay? And God spoke to me about defining moments. 
I, I'm envisioning, Tommy, I'm envisioning there's a future series that's going to be called Defining Moments. This was a defining moment in, in Joseph's life when he met the butler and the baker of Pharaoh. It was a moment that was appointed by God. There are some of us, and, and we're going through a struggle right now. We're going through a difficulty right now. But what you don't realize is that God is leading you. The Bible says this, the steps of righteous men and women is ordered by God. And right now, in spite of what you're going through, that God is leading your steps, that God is ordering your steps. Joseph in prison for 11 years, but God is ordering his steps. He is leading him to a place of divine appointment and divine destiny. I heard a story about a desperate man. He decided that he would end his life and go jump off a bridge, okay? And so he went to the, to the bridge uh, might have been the, the Missouri River Bridge at Boonville or, or Jeff City or went to a place like that, got onto the bridge, got ready to jump off, and right before he jumped, he heard a voice behind him. And the voice said, excuse me, sir. He turned around and looked, and there's a homeless man standing there with no shoes on. And the guy said, sir, before you jump off that bridge, could I have your shoes? So he got off the bridge, he climbed down, he took his shoes off, he handed them to the homeless man who thankfully put them on very quickly. And then here's what the guy did. He forgot all about the bridge. He went to his car, he started it, he went home, he walked in the door, he said, hey honey, I'm home. Let's make some plans for our future. You see, there are times of divine appointment. There are times of divine destiny where God sends someone our way. I can't understand why it's taken us two years to even get this building off the ground. It's the craziest thing I've ever seen. I went into, I, I went into the city uh, a few months ago, and uh, I said, I'm here to check on our building permit. Okay, well, when did you turn your plans in? We turned the plans in 13 months ago. 13 months ago? You're kidding me. And we haven't approved them yet. I can't understand why it would take so long to get, get a building permit. But listen, God is up to something that many times we cannot see. That God is putting together times and seasons and divine appointments. This was a divine appointment whenever, whenever Joseph met the butler and the baker today. Forget about your problems, my friend. Forget about your own agenda and just realize this, that your life is not an accident. God orders your life. God ordered the life of Joseph, and, and he's in prison. The devil is laughing at Joseph because he was in prison. But I want you to know this today. This is point number four, that what the devil intends for bad, God uses for good. Tell your neighbor that today. What the devil intends for bad, God uses and intends for good today. See, one day Joseph put his own problems aside. He noticed that the butler and the baker were troubled by something. He took the time to notice. He took the time to listen. He took the time to help them. 
You see, don't miss your moment to help someone understand and achieve their dream. And that's exactly what Joseph did. He helped them understand their dream. He sat down and he said, I think I know a thing or two about dreams. And he sat down and he began to interpret their dreams. Now, now know this, and I tell folks this all the time, okay? you got to be careful that you don't over-spiritualize everything, okay? That's one of my catchphrases. Don't over-spiritualize stuff, okay? Not every dream has some deep, significant spiritual meaning. Some, some dreams are the product of you just, you ate jalapenos and hot sauce before you went to bed, okay? That's a reason for some dreams, Okay, but there are other dreams. Joseph sensed in his spirit that these dreams had some kind of a significance. He, he sensed that their dreams were important, and he forgot about his problems. He embraced the opportunity, and he interpreted their dreams. What I'm trying to tell you is this. We got to keep our eyes and ears open for opportunities to help other people. There's opportunities all around us today that God is opening doors for us, and here's what we got to do. You and I have got to stay in top condition spiritually, mentally, physically today so we can be open to hear someone's cry. If Joseph would have walked around for 11 years with his head down like this all the time, woe is me, woe is me, i got so many problems, I'd like to go home, I'd like to get married, I'd like to have my own wife, I'd like to have my own children, no. He lifted his eyes up, and through it all, through, through the midst of all of the things that he had gone through, he looked for an opportunity today. We must be ready and willing to serve God, ready and willing to serve other people. So keep your head up, because God gives us divine appointments and divine opportunities, and God is going to open up. When the time is right, God is going to open up doors, and we got to be ready to pass through those doors. You see, if you talk to yourself negative every, every day, if you remind yourself every day about your problems and your miserable life, you will not be in any condition to help anyone else. You know why? Because you're going to be depressed. You're going to be so discouraged that you're not going to be able to pump anyone else. You're not going to be able to lift up anyone else. Can I share a funny story with you? I, I have to, Listen, Lindy, I have to tell people these are funny stories, okay? Otherwise, nobody laughs, okay? So you can laugh, all right? You can laugh. There was, a, there was a woman. Her husband was having a lot of medical problems. So she went to the doctor's office. Now, listen... You know, ladies, our, our wives, they always know the right questions to ask. When it comes to the kids, when it comes to our, our health, you know, our wives, they know. The ladies in our life, they just know the right stuff to ask, you know. And so this lady, she accompanied her husband to the doctor's office because she wanted to be able to ask the right questions. And so after the checkup, the doctor said, ma'am, ma'am. Could I talk to you for just a few moments by just, just about your husband? Could I, could I just talk to you alone in my office? The lady said, okay. And so the doctor talked to the wife, and he said, ma'am, he said, your husband is suffering from a very severe disease combined with horrible stress, and if you do not 
follow, if you do not follow this, this advice, he is going to die. She said, okay, she, she's listening. She's got a little notepad. She's writing down. He said, first of all, you must each and every morning, you must fix him a healthy breakfast. Then you must be pleasant and make sure that he is always in a good mood. For lunch, you should make him a nutritious meal. For dinner, prepare an especially nice meal for him. And then don't burden him with chores, as he probably has had a hard day. In fact, don't discuss your problems with him. It'll only make things and his stress work. And most importantly, most importantly, he said, make love with your husband several times a week. Satisfy his every whim. And ma'am, if you will do this for the next 10 to 12 months, your husband will recover. She said, well, thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank you for the advice. Thank you, doctor. She left the office. They went. They got in the car. They're driving home. The husband said, honey, what did he say? Dear, you're going to die. <laughs> <laughs> she might have just killed him right on the spot. <laughs> Listen, Joseph was in the worst possible place. He's in prison. He's not in a U.S. prison. He's in a prison, you know, in, in Egypt. Worst possible place. But he looked for an opportunity to help others succeed. He helped the butler and baker to understand. You know, often our thoughts are focused on how can I get ahead? How can I go to the next level? How can I be blessed? How can I be prosperous? And the last thing on our mind is trying to help and bless someone else. Often we're thinking, what's in it for me? And this is the final point. That helping others to succeed is often the on-ramp to our own success. When we help others. When we bless others. When we lift other people up. Here's the reason. Because the dreams and the plans of God are connected. All right? It's not like you got a dream over here, and he's got a dream, and she's got a dream, and she's got a dream, and I got a dream. All the dreams, all the God-given dreams are all connected. They're connected. They're interlocked. They're interwoven together. God has a plan. God has a future for every one of us and our dreams are not against one another but our dreams and goals are intended to draw people to Jesus Christ they're intended to give glory and honor to God and when we help other people to succeed I, I, I believe that helping other pe people succeed should be a way of life you know and when we help other people okay now, if you did this, it's okay. It's all right. I don't care. But if you help someone, you don't have to post it on Facebook, okay? You know, wow, look what I did. I, me and this homeless guy just helped him. I just bought dinner for him at McDonald's. You don't have to do that, you know? We, we, you don't have to have a parade or anything like that. It had not be a big announcement. Just look for an opportunity to help someone else succeed. You know, in my own life, I'm closing with this. Okay, I'm closing. So to the band, to Jesse, to whoever, that's what this means. I've got many people in my life that have helped me. 
They've helped me. They've been a blessing in my life. And I think one of the people in my life uh, was, a, was a pastor that I had whenever I was a little kid. This guy, him and his wife became the pastors of our church when I was 11 years old. And uh, they became our pastors. And they poured into us and they helped us. And we, we just liked to hang out with them and stuff like that. And I remember one day our pastor used to stand at the back door. How many can remember pastors would stand at the back door and shake hands with people when they left? Okay. Our pastor would always do that. And at our church, our church was, if you're familiar with Jeff City, Missouri, it's 900 Monroe. The whole church is probably 1,500 square foot, okay? It's a little bitty old church. And out front, he would stand on the front step. There's this, like, concrete step out front of the church, and it's probably, like, six foot square. It's not very big. And he would stand there, and as the people came out the door, he would shake hands. Hey, glad you were in church with us today. It's good to see you today. And he would greet you as you left. And he would stand there. And all of us kids, we'd be out front at the church. You know, we're playing around. We're messing around. We're, you know, doing little cartwheels and all kinds of stuff like that, playing around. And uh, I remember he looked at me, and I was about probably 12 years old at the time, maybe 13. And uh, I know I was very young. He looked at me. He said, Bobby, he said, is that the best pair of shoes you got? And I said, yeah. He said, I'll tell you what I, what I want to do. He said, tomorrow, if it's okay with your mom, me and Sister Clue, we're going to pick you You're going to pick you up from school, and we're going to take you and buy you a new pair of shoes. So I said, okay, that's really good. And so they picked me up the next day, and they took me to this store called Montgomery Wards. How many people can still remember Montgomery Wards? They took me to Montgomery Wards. And they said this. They didn't say, hey, we're going to the sales rack, and we're going to find like a $2 pair of shoes. They took me in there and said, hey, listen, you can pick out any pair of shoes you want. And so these were not wealthy people. Our, at that time, our church had 40 or 50 people in it, okay? They were not wealthy people by any, any stretch of the imagination. But I'll never forget that. Bought me that pair of shoes. And I can remember as time passed, uh, I had to be in a wedding one day. And uh, they asked me to be an usher. We didn't have tuxedos. We're going to wear a suit. They said, hey, Bob, Bobby, you got a suit to wear for that wedding? I said, well, I got this. I'm going to, what do you think about this? Well, they took me out and bought me a suit. When I felt like God was calling me into the ministry, he gave me books to read and to study and taught me how to build a sermon, taught me how to pray. I'll never forget it. They're, they're, these folks are so instrumental in my life. Help me in such a great way. I know that you've got people in your life that you've met like that. People that have been instrumental. Listen, God wants us to help someone else, to bless someone else. There's someone today, you and I, we've got our dreams, we've got our goals we got things that we really want to achieve. If you will open your eyes and you will help someone else to succeed, it can propel you to your success. 
it can help you. It can, it can open a door. Joseph took the time in prison for 11 years. He took the time to listen. First of all, he noticed the sad condition of the butler and baker. He noticed them. He looked at them. He said, they got difficulties. They got problems today. He took the time to go to them and say, hey, I care about you. When was the last time you told someone, hey, I care about you. You're important to me. You matter to God and you matter to me. You make a difference. When was the last time we told someone that? That's exactly what Joseph did. You matter to me. And what can I do to help you? What can I do to serve you? And through that very thing, it was a defining moment. It began to set things in motion that would bring the dream to pass. And that's what God does for us. That's what God does for us. Heavenly Father, we just thank you, God, today, Lord, for your word. God, that there's a dream, there's a vision that you have given unto every single one of us. It's on the inside, dear God. There's something, God. There's an inkling. There's a calling in our life. There's something, God, that you birthed on the inside of us. And I pray, dear God, that you'll help us and you'll bless us and you'll teach us your ways and help us, God, like Joseph, to open up our eyes to the plight of other people. Open up our eyes to the struggles of other people that we can bless someone, that we can help someone along the way. God, I know we've been so bogged down wanting our dream to come to pass. We've been so bogged down with thinking about the pain we've been through ourselves and the struggle that we've been through and everything, all the times of injury that we've suffered in our life. I know, God, that it's easy as human beings to think about those things, but God, help us to open up our eyes because there's people all around about us that need to be helped and blessed and served. And like Joseph, God, help us to find someone that we can help them to understand their dream and help them to achieve their dream. And I believe, God, that just the right doors are going to be open for us. When the time is right, you're going to use us. You're going to help us to bring honor and glory unto God the Father and to the Son, Jesus Christ, and many people will be saved as your dreams and your visions are fulfilled. In Christ's name, amen.